Welcome to MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. For 10 weeks, a team of MTSU students researched the impact of graduate student scholarships on both individual achievement and also the Society for Industrial and Organizational Psychology and the discipline it promotes. With us are Dr. Patrick McCarthy, a psychology professor who supervised the eight student team, and Risa Witherow, an MTSU alumna who graduated in August 2021 with a master's degree in psychology. We'll explain the discipline and the research after this. Here are some of the headlines making news at mtsunews.com, the university's news and information website. Two years of hard work will help make MTSU's James E. Walker Library a more efficient academic resource. Walker Library Dean Kathleen Schmand and MTSU Provost Mark Burns cut a ribbon on the library's second floor October 21st to symbolize the library's transition from the traditional Dewey Decimal System to the Library of Congress system of classifying library materials. Susan Martin, the library's Chair of Collection Development and Management, said library personnel weeded out old materials that weren't being used much anymore to provide room. They hired professional movers to assist with the actual physical relocation of some 564,000 books to the third and fourth floors where faculty, staff, and students reclassified them, placing the new designations on the spines and entering them into the library's computer system. And the International Ginseng Institute at MTSU has received a total of $747,500, including a $455,000 grant award from the USDA's National Institute of Food and Agriculture to investigate organic methods of protecting growers' ginseng investment. In addition to that award, the remaining nearly $300,000 comes from MTSU as a match. American ginseng is considered one of the highest unit value cash crops and one of the most well-known medicinal plants grown in North America. For MTSU News at any time, go to mtsunews.com. Patrick, Risa, thank you both for joining us for the program. Pleasure to have you on to talk about this. Yes, thank you for having us. Yeah, glad to be here. Uh, Patrick, I have uh, spoken to Michael Hine and Rick Moffat and numerous others about industrial organizational psychology in the past, uh, but I think for a purposes of, of a general audience who is not necessarily involved with the discipline, I'm going to get you to define this particular branch of psychology so folks will know what we're talking about here. Sure. Um, the short way I could describe it is it's basically human resource management and organizational development. It's the, it's the people side of, of running a business. It's not uh, clinical psychology. It's just understanding how people act, think, feel, and, and, and their performance as well, too. And so managing the people side of the business. Uh, trying to get uh, the best performance possible out of your employees uh, for the sake of productivity while also uh, respecting their rights and uh, seeing what uh, what would be most advantageous for them to have a, a fruitful workplace experience. Absolutely. Uh, what exactly were you attempting to determine with this particular study, Risa? Yeah, we were looking to, um, as you mentioned, evaluate the impact of PSYOPs graduate um, student awards on both the awardee side and on the donor side. So we wanted to see 
what impact um, the awards had on the awardees individual level achievement, as well as what did they go on to do that um, affected both PSYOP as um, an organization and then also promoted industrial and organizational psychology. And uh, in layman's terms, what was your methodology? How did you assess this? Yeah, so we first developed interview questions and we worked very closely with um, PSYOPs board to make sure that we were gauging exactly what they wanted. So we developed interview questions and we had the trustees verify that this was going to get um, get at what they were looking to measure. And then we conducted interviews with the awardees and donors separately. They were um, two on one interviews. So we had one of the students um, interview them. The other was scribing. And then of course the interviewee. Um, and then we took the notes from each of the interviews and um, analyzed them. We did a qualitative content coding type analysis where we looked for reoccurring themes. Um, then we did a very basic um, frequency count to kind of determine which um, were which types of impact were most um, mentioned. And uh, we developed our final report off of that and um, made sure that we were really advocates for any recommendations that the awardees or donors had to improve the um, process. Uh, there was one dimension of this uh, impact that uh, was mentioned or reported the least frequently, and that is IO psychology advocacy. What, what do you make of that? Is it, is it just that uh, getting through college in and of itself takes so much of one's focus that you don't really consider yourself an advocate for it until you're able to get that degree and, uh, and go to the workplace? Yeah, I think that, I think that could be exactly it. Um, and and um, you're right, like of all of the dimensions that were reported, that was the least reported. It was still over 40% of the interviewees mentioned it. So I, I would say that's a good amount, but um, yeah, off, off the top of my head, I would think that that would have a lot to do with it. Any thoughts, Dr. McCarthy? Yeah, I'll just add in sometimes that, you know, they talked about so many other ways in which basically these awards, uh, which are basically career development kinds of awards, the impact that that had on their careers. And in describing the other ways it had an impact on their careers, that often simultaneously had some aspect of advocating the field. So in some ways, if they didn't mention it directly, um, it may have been for many of them because it's already covered by their answers to the other ways in which it influenced their careers. What were some of the suggestions, Patrick, that uh, the report gave uh, PSYOP on how to improve the marketing of the awards? Yeah, I mean, there were a variety of ways, and I imagine Risa may even be more familiar with some of the, the details of that, but many of it is just helping to make sure that the, the folks who are potentially um, eligible, who are early in their careers, um, finding the ways to get the word out to them about the, the availability and capability 
um, of these awards. I think sometimes if they're not as engaged, um, they haven't really dis discovered it as much. So really trying to catch them a little bit more on the front end so that more of them have the opportunity. I think those who did have the opportunity were some had a, a major significance. So it has worked out well, but I think they're trying to expand the range of people who, who can potentially pursue it. Any thoughts, Risa? Yeah, that was absolutely right. That was right on there. One of our recommendations was um, just increasing the visibility and marketing through adding channels through whichever market. So one of the questions that we asked um, the awardees was, how are, you, how are you being reached? How did you hear about the awards? Um, in what ways would you like to have heard about it? Um, so just really amping up the methods through which they are communicating with their target audience, because there are so many ways to communicate these days. So adding social media into the mix and um, potentially like sending out, adding it to their newsletter that they have existing. So things like of that nature. And I'll add just, you know, the fact that the Society for IO Psychology, PSYOP, is, is the the largest um, professional organization in our field. So they're really the headliner nationally and internationally. So the fact that they came to our program and had our graduate students essentially doing the, the, um, the first major assessment of this, this huge program of theirs was a, a tremendous honor for the program. And then the fact that they were so exceedingly pleased with the, the results of it says a lot for the quality of our students and the, the work ethic they put into this. As I recall from what I read, you got rave reviews, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> and I'll defer to Risa for that. I, I point them in the right direction, but they did the legwork. Yes, and that was that was very exciting um, to be asked to do it in the first place and then to be acknowledged in the way that um, PSYOP did was very nice. We'll take a break here. We'll be back in just a moment. This is MTSU on the record. The Tennessee Employment Relations Research Association, or TERA, gives labor relations specialists and academics a chance to share their views and their data. TERA wants academics and other interested in human resources and industrial relations to work together at meetings and conferences to strengthen the workplace. Many MTSU faculty belong to TERA, which has members in 20 states and 7 nations. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The Middle Tennessee Writing Project is a program that fosters the effective teaching of writing to students in kindergarten through high school. The project hosts annual summer institutes where teacher participants teach and learn from each other effective techniques of teaching writing. In addition, the project sponsors summer writers camps for youngsters. MTSU is one of 185 sites of the National Writing Project and one of only two in Tennessee. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Our guests are Dr. Patrick McCarthy, professor of psychology, and Risa Witherow, an MTSU alumna who was part of an eight-student team when she was a student at MTSU, who assessed the effectiveness uh, of the Society for Industrial and Organizational Psychology Awards. Uh, Patrick, how did the members of the eight student team come together? Were they all already grouped together in one class or did you handpick them or how, how were they chosen? So we have a, a graduate course in organizational development um, that I teach. And so I had a, a group of um, basically advanced graduate students in our field 
in that course. And we had two major client projects, um, this being one of the two. And so really kind of, honestly, it's a very strong group that we had in there. That's one of the reasons why they, the PSYOP approached us with this and, and, and why we decided to pursue it. But then really kind of decided, you know, who might be a good combination. Fortunately, it was an abundance of riches on that front. We had a lot of really talented individuals um, and several of them worked on this project. Risa worked on both of them. So she really got a, a double experience in that regard. What, uh, Risa, did you personally get out of the experience uh, in terms of, uh, of, of fulfillment and also what you learned that you didn't know before? Yes, um, I'll start in the order that you asked. So in terms of fulfillment, um, the opportunity to see a project through at the ground level. So Dr. McCarthy had us um, help in creating the proposals for both of the projects, but um, specifically talking about the PSYOP project. So we created the proposal and that was different from a lot of our other projects that we had um, in the program. We would usually have some sort of agreement, proposal, contract already drawn up and then um, we would start from there. So um, that's one thing that I got out of it was just getting to see how that process worked. It, it worked very nicely with the curriculum. We um, read about it and then we did it. And that was great to be able to practically apply that. Um, but then to, and I'll, I'll praise PSYOP here, they really um, gave us a lot of bandwidth and decision latitude to kind of decide how we were going to tackle this. Um, they had a lot of input. They were very collaborative. So they they also had a hand in laying laying the project out. But um, as students, that, that builds your confidence a lot um, to be able to see that um, such a huge organization has the trust and belief in your program and in your instructor to allow you to um, really just take the reins and run with it. Um, and then education wise, I mean, it was just a, a wealth of knowledge that I learned in this course and have been able to apply since. Yeah, our program is very much an applied field. So, you know, reading about it in the classroom is a great start, but, uh, you know, doing it live and getting the hands-on experience is a whole different kind of education. So our graduate program is built around getting our students as much hands-on experience, doing, doing the work for real, not, not just in a simulated way, with real-world clients. And so um, this is one premier example of that. So PSYOP was not just expecting the students to stroke them and say nice things. They mm -hmm. wanted to hear the good, the bad, and everything in between, right? That's correct, yes. Um, and kind of how you what you alluded to clients can be that way and and um you have to kind of take the good with the bad and get out of it what you can but psyop was very open to hearing the criticisms um of the awardees and donors patrick how did uh psyop come to choose mtsu as opposed to another college or university for this project well, I, um, well, certainly a, a couple of years ago, um, PSYOP, there was a, an article published in their main publication where there had been a national evaluation of the master's programs across the country in this field. 
And our program came out as the number one ranked master's program in IO psychology in the nation. And pretty solidly so. In fact, there's actually a gap between us and, and number two. Um, so our reputation um, has been strong, very strong for quite a while. And, uh, and our efforts to do this sort of applied work is probably one of the leading reasons why. So they knew of both of those things. Um, we, we had some, uh, some common contacts. So when this particular issue came up, um, one of their people knew me, they knew I was looking for a project. Uh, they said, we'd love this. Uh, and it all came together very quickly once we found each other. What were some of the, the constraints of the award process that you all found that you thought that the SIAP could probably uh, do a better job of loosening up on? I'll say um, it's a it's a very interesting circumstance because a lot of the awards are named after individuals and are um, geared toward um, maybe how they have contributed to the field in the past or um, the people who can apply are stakeholders that, not stakeholders, because um, I would say th the people that can apply is kind of constrained to a certain group of individuals um, for whatever reason, because they're passionate about um, helping those individuals because um, they've known someone, you know, that, that falls into that demographic. So, um, one of our recommendations was not necessarily to open all of the awards up, but to look at doing so, or to have more awards that um, had a broader, allowed for a broader um, applicant pool. And then also um, we currently, SIOP does not have um, awards for master students. And we really had to, you know, check ourselves and make sure that we were separating ourselves for, from what the awardees and donors were saying, but the awardees and donors did say that they thought that that would be um, a very good um, opportunity for both those who could win the awards and the field as a whole. This was really the first attempt to gather the data and the evidence to see if so and, and in what ways, and, and fortunately it came back very positively. Who are the donees to the awards? Are they all people within the profession or are they interested parties? Are some of them uh, the businesses who might have their uh, own interest in IO psych for the purpose of improving their workplaces? Who are these people who donate to the awards? A lot of them are people who've had perhaps esteemed careers and they really wanna be able to sort of honor somebody or some other people to leave a legacy uh, along the way. Some of them do in fact, are connected to major businesses simultaneously. But what you have is this is a field that's been around for well over a hundred years. Uh, many of them were pioneers that spent decades in it. And as they transitioned um, out of their careers, many of them wanted to be able to give back. And that's probably one of the, the, the leading reasons for people to contribute to it. We'll be right back. This is MTSU on the record. Specialized training in forensic science prepares tomorrow's professionals through the Forensic Institute for Research and Education, or FIRE. The Forensic Anthropology Search and Recovery Team assists law enforcement with skeletal remains at crime scenes. Legendary forensic scientists provide lectures free to the public, and high school students work realistic crime scenes each summer at our CSI MTSU camp. I'm Dr. Hugh Berryman, Director of FIRE. 
For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. Women in Science and Engineering, or WISE, helps college women prepare for and become involved in science-related careers. WISE nurtures women's interest in these fascinating and critical fields and provides mentoring and networking opportunities. The group's main goal is to assure women of their importance in all scientific and technical fields and to promote equal opportunity and treatment of women in science. I'm Dr. Judith Iriarte-Gross, WISE Advisor. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. We're talking about industrial organizational psychology with Dr. Patrick McCarthy, who is a professor of psychology and supervised an eight-student team, including Lisa Witherow, who has since graduated, in a project to assess the Society for Industrial and Organizational Psychology's awards program. I've got a question about uh, some of the, the cutting edge issues, I think, that, uh, that IO Psych could address that are sort of uh, ripped from the headlines. And one of the things that has worried me lately is the apparent increase of, of workplace incidents, of workplace violence, uh, especially fast food drive-throughs with COVID, people who don't get cream cheese on their bagel are screaming and cursing and throwing fits and some, in some cases even pulling guns. What can IO Psych do or what can the profession lend to the discussion of how to make the, the workplace safer and, and uh, what employees can do if they feel an imminent threat? Sure. That's, it actually is part of our, our field um, in a variety of ways. In fact, I, I, not only, I teach it in some of my uh, courses, in fact, and it can come up with some of the clients along the way. But workplace safety um, is certainly part of it, uh, part of our field. Um, there's sort of an occupational safety and health side of things, but also everything from uh, behavior and conduct in the workplace, both among our current employees, but also how they interact with the clients and customers, including specifically the risks of workplace violence, workplace aggression, and all those shapes and forms. So it, it definitely comes up you know, along the way there. Um, and a lot of that comes down to them looking at their different types of workplace violence in terms of types of situations where it can emerge. So with customers, for example, can be one thing. You can have current or former employees, you know, that, that disgruntled employee who comes back and, and takes an egregious action um, or other kinds of assaults uh, against folks. And so it really kind of looking at what are the factors that lead up to it? If it's among our current employees, a lot of that has to do with how they're being traded, their, their fairness, um, how they're perceiving their workplace, um, why our field matters so much. You know, indirectly, if, if we're not managing the people side well, um, those hostilities sometimes can boil over. Um, but also even with regard to, to customers and clients, we sometimes have to look at what are the factors, not all of which we have control over, sometimes societal norms change, but we can do things that at least um, reduce the exposure to harm you know, of our employees. And uh, that's everything from you know, the local convenience store that you can't necessarily walk in quite so easily and they let everybody know that they they're, uh, don't have access to cash um, all the way through security guards, all the way through um, different kinds of training on how to handle conflict. So it's a, your question is loaded with so many directions and, and I know that's a little bit of a long answer, but it only scratches the surface. Mm -hmm. yeah, it certainly does. 
uh, Risa, you have got your job now that you have uh, graduated with your master's degree. Tell us a little bit about what your job is like and your employer and what you do. Absolutely. Um, I am working for an organization called Federal Management Partners, FMP, and as a consultant. So, I mean, that was super exciting. And I felt like both the work that I did um, in the courses in the program at MTSU, as well as with CORE, um, really prepared me for that. And um, working with uh, clients in the public sector, um, of course, PSYOP is private, but that, but a lot of our clients, um, both in the program and uh, with CORE, are in the public sector. So I'm doing um, a lot of that kind of work, getting to practically apply what I learned. Um, and I feel, I feel like I was very well prepared by the program. You want to talk a little bit about the program, Patrick? Here's your plug. Where you, can <laughs> you, you can brag on all of these students that you're releasing out into the workforce. Well, you know, we, we really, you know, we have the pleasure of working from students from all different kinds of backgrounds. It's a, it's a diverse program. We, we have students from Tennessee. We have students from the Southeast. We have students from all different states across the country and across, you know, around the world. We have a student uh, currently from Nigeria, students from United Arab Emirates, Poland, Turkey, uh, South America. I think Antarctica is the only place we haven't touched yet. Um, <laughs> but, um, and they, that diverse background gives them a, a nice variety of perspectives to work as a team. They all bring something different to the table, but they're all talented. Some of them have workplace experience, some of them straight out of undergraduate. Again, that difference in combination, uh, but they're all highly motivated. And we give them a lot of hands-on experience. Core that uh, Risa referenced is our own Center for Organizational and Human Resource Effectiveness. It's our own in-house consulting firm. So we do actual consulting with, with real world clients. So they're not just reading about it, they're doing it live. Um, they're getting a great experience. And our typical placement rate is 100% into good career relevant jobs, which is the bottom line. And uh, all of those are the reasons why we come out with that number one national ranking. And we don't sit on those laurels. We, we keep looking at what's the next generation gonna do to top that. Well, if you want to read the report, just Google PSYOP, S-I-O-P, or Society for Industrial and Organizational Psychology. I downloaded it from their website. And I'd like to wish you all the best of luck in your career, Risa. And Patrick, thank you both for being our guest today on MTSU on the Record. Thank you. Thank you for having us, Jenna. We'll be right back. Expanding Your Horizons is an annual hands-on science and math conference for middle and high school girls. EYH enables girls to investigate careers in science and math and to talk with female leaders in those fields that are so essential to our nation's future. EYH also provides the girls with fun hands-on activities and allows them to meet girls with similar interests. I'm Dr. Judith Iriarte Gross, EYH Director. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. The Middle East Center at MTSU seeks to promote greater understanding of the politics, history, and culture of this vitally important region of the world. Its mission includes the promotion of outreach programs and faculty research. The Center sponsors lectures by Middle East experts and scholarly exchanges. We're especially pleased to offer a new interdisciplinary minor in Middle East studies with courses in Arabic and Hebrew. 
This is Dr. Alan Hibbard, Center Director. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. Gina Fan has the middle moment. Audio production students in MTSU's Department of Recording Industry are now using nearly 5,000 square feet of customized, expandable, world-class new space, relocated back to a site only a few yards from where the program began teaching how to make music sound right 40 years ago. Department Chair John Merchant says the nearly $2 million facilities will be extraordinarily valuable to students. It's a game changer for us because it means that our students are, are getting to work in these like acoustically and, and electronically superior spaces and you can really hear clearly what you're doing and that makes such a difference in terms of the kind of work you can produce. And the fact that this is, these are our, now our introductory studios means that students are getting that kind of experience right out of the gate. MTSU On The Record, a news and information program about Middle Tennessee State University is produced by the university's marketing and communications office, which is solely responsible for its content. Read more about MTSU at our website, mtsunews.com. Podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on iTunes.